365 or 364 days we wait every single year until October 31st. <laughs> and then a day from now, right? This comes out on a Wednesday? Yep, it comes out tomorrow. Well, we'll start the countdown again tomorrow. Yes. Well, tomorrow's Halloween, so we'll really celebrate as much as we can. But then after that, we'll restart the countdown. And, you know, some of us may choose to keep up their decorations longer than their roommates would like. And that's okay. It is okay. You should keep them on, keep them up for as long as you want. You can keep them up all year round. No one's going to judge you. We're not. And maybe you have one room that's just a year-round spooky room. I want a year-round spooky room. Right? Doesn't that sound amazing? Future house. I'm going to plan for that. I can build at my own house with trap doors and there's going to be one room specifically that's just creepy all year round it'll be so good it's gonna be so fun i want one of those christmas trees that are halloween trees and then maybe we hang it upside down so then it's a little oh my god different. could you imagine some random person just walking into that room they'd be a little unsettled that's true which is exactly the point right it's only, it only matters what makes you happy. And so someone else walking in doesn't need to have joy from your spooky room, just you. I thought you were saying you're going to have joy from someone being scared of walking into your oh. room. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, Corinne, you're revealing a dark side of yourself. No, no. I will feel joyful if they also really enjoy the room. But if they don't, it won't weigh on me. I don't care. <laughs> All right. Should we get into why we're here, the scary stories, and maybe some Halloween traditions? Yes, we should, because this is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Hi, Corinne. Corinne. Oh my god, I, you introduced yourself? This is Halloween? Uh, <laughs> I'm feeling this is Halloween. excited. My energy is high. And that is Sabrina. There we go. I'm taking, oh my gosh, wow. taking your role. Hi. Bye. We recorded this episode once and the spooky Halloween spirits said, no, this is, <sighs> you have to redo it because. Yep. We recorded a few days ago. Something in me was like, let me just double check the audio before we just bank on this thing coming out. And my entire side of the recording just didn't record. Silence. Very creepy. So creepy. But this time it will work. Yep. We tested it a couple it. times, so praying that the ghosts allow us. But you guys have some ghostly, scary, spooky traditions. Sometimes sweet, sometimes filled with candy, sometimes just super fun. And so you all emailed us your Halloween traditions, and we are here to read a few back to you. So I'll kick us off. I have a tradition from Sarah. She writes, Hi, ghostesses. Thought I'd take a minute to share some of my Halloween traditions with y'all. Because my family is of Irish descent, I make 
Barnbrack bread, which is kind of a sweet bread filled with dried fruit and traditionally has things like a ring baked into it. The old game is that whoever finds the ring in their piece is supposed to be the next to be married. But it sounds like <laughs> a good way to break your teeth, if you ask me. That's My siblings funny. and I try to see a few scary movies together each year that we've never seen before and try to not get freaked out by them. This year is the Blair Witch Project and My Bloody Valentine remake from 2006. As far as costumes go, I'm not super inventive. I'm usually a witch because, I mean, if the shoe or broomstick fits, LOL. <laughs> I might try being a dark fairy or a vampire this year, though. My favorite thing every year, though, is pumpkin carving. I know some people complain that it's messy and slimy, but I just love it. I actually have to make myself wait until at least September to start planning the designs. <laughs> this year, I'm going to do a Demogorgon from Stranger Things. What? I've included a few picks from the previous years for you guys, Doctor Who and the TARDIS, the Hulk, and Jack Skellington. Hope you guys have a great Halloween season, and thank you for sharing your spooky selves with us on the podcast. Love you, Sarah. These pumpkins. Uh, I know. I was going to say, how are you going to do a Demogorgon? And then I scrolled down to see the photos of the pumpkin she's done. And I was like, oh, she'll be fine. Yeah. So two, she sent us three. Two of them are carvings, which are very well done. But then a third one is not even a carving. It's a sculpture. Like she carved out, like sculpted out. Yeah, it's so cool. Shapes. Oh my God, it's just so cool. We should ask her if we could post them. We absolutely should. And if other people have really cool pumpkin art, send it our way. Please do. I also love her tradition of watching movies. I know, picking ones that you, because a lot of people like myself included and Sabrina, I know you too. It's kind of like an opportunity to rewatch our favorite scary movies. But I like that she makes it, she opens up the door for like new scary movies to enter into her life. Yes. All right. I have one from Grace. She says, Hocus Pocus Halloween tradition, red wig and all. Hi, ladies. My Halloween tradition is pretty simple and sweet. Since I graduated college three years ago and have been in the working world, Halloween has sadly occurred on a weeknight. I am a grandma now and have an earlier bedtime during the week than in my crazy college days. Hashtag grandma life. Same, Grace. Mm -hmm. Anyways, my tradition for the last three Halloweens has been to dress up in my Winifred Sanderson costume, wig, cape, dress, and all. Oh, and I have a book because I am the biggest Hocus Pocus fan and had to make a replica of the spell book just for my costume. No way. The book. That's so cool. I hand out candy to all of the trick-or-treaters dressed up and try to stay in character the entire night. Apparently, Winnie Sanderson is a little scarier in real life because some kids are nervous to approach me. LOL. <laughs> Leading up to Halloween, I watch Hocus Pocus on repeat. I think my all-time high of watches in October has been up to 22 times. Whoa! Wow. That's Respect. impressive. One of my roommates in college shared my love of the movie, while the other two absolutely could not stand being around us during the spooky season. Hocus Pocus is my Halloween tradition, and that will never change. Hope you all have a spooky Halloween. See you on the other side. Grace. I've, I'm dying to see her costume, because if she herself crafted a replica of book, then she for sure has a very good Winnie costume. I agree. I also love that she, like, one thing that I miss 
is that we in LA or also I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to work in your new apartment, but that we don't get to hand out candy or do know, any of that because no we're treaters here. We're in like buildings. It's very upsetting. So right. I love that Grace gets all dressed up and does it. And she stays in character, yes. which is even more amazing. So, and I love that she does it every year because then she kind of makes the name for herself. Like, oh, that's the house where Winifred Sanderson lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. I remember that growing up. There were like certain houses that you wanted to go to because. Let's all strive to be that person. To have a, have a thing. Oh, yeah. There was another person who always did like, a creepy haunted house in the front of their house. So when you rang their doorbell, you never knew what was going to open. I love that. We had – there was a house in my neighborhood where there was always a coffin out front. And depending on the hour and also depending on the year, sometimes they would have a live person in the coffin. And other oh, my times gosh. they had this, like, really, really good dummy. So from year to year, you didn't know if you were going to get away without being spooked or if someone was going to jump out of the coffin. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was awesome. That's amazing. I also love that she reuses her costume every year. It's very smart. Yes, and that's a really good segue into uh, an email we have from our listener, Hannah. And it's about, it's just a reminder. Uh, it's called Halloween Takes a Terrifying Toll on the Environment. So let's just read it. Hi, ladies. As everyone's go-to spooky podcast, I was wondering if you two would share some ways on how to be more environmentally conscious this year. Every year, Halloween produces thousands of tons of single-use plastic waste. Everything from decor to costumes to candy is thrown away and ends up in the landfills November 1st. Although the environmental toll may not be as scary as the hat man, it should also be taken just as seriously. Just a friendly reminder to reuse costumes, thrift shop, and make greener, spookier choices this Halloween. Thanks for the spooks. Love the podcast, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I always, I mean, I definitely could make a goal of being better about my costumes, but I do try to reuse articles from before. Like for my costume this year, I'm definitely wearing a wig that I already own that I've used for previous years. And then I try to be good about shopping thrift stores. And I think that also just goes with some of the territory of some of my costumes. So as much as maybe it wasn't an intentional in terms of the environment, now reflecting upon it, I'm very glad I did that. And next year, I'll have that in mind. Yeah, that's very smart. And also reusing Halloween decorations is great because they last. They last a really long time. So just use the same ones. I also love just crafting and use like rather than buying the plastic stuff like crafting with things that I have like an old black sheet and like making it into something creepy oh yes you've done really good decorations with black sheets and stuff I'm just thinking of it was the was it a black sheet or was it a poster board that you made all of those cutouts and put them in the windows it was a black sheet and I I did cutouts and then I put it up on the window so all the sunlight would come through and it was silhouette So cool. Yeah. So people can get crafty. And if you're part of our Facebook group, I'm sure if someone posts there, um, everyone will have a ton of good ideas. Yes. And not only should you be hopefully trying to be more environmentally friendly if possible, but just a reminder to stay safe this Halloween. Avoid the darkness. Well, obviously be safe, but also like don't do Ouija boards. Don't do anything terrifying. Because don't wander off alone at night. 
either well, that by too. yourself, even though you're in costume. Don't trust anyone just because it's a fun, spooky season. Look both ways before you cross the street. Very true. Very true. Travel in packs. Be careful of lit pumpkins with your big, flowy, long costume and anything draping off of you. That happened before. Someone got a little oh, that's smoky so scary. in my neighborhood. Also, just avoid the darkness. Avoid the dark demons on Halloween. They're going to come out. They're going to try and get to you. They're going to. And we have stories. We all do. All spooky stories. Not all of them are spooky. Actually, I don't remember. Are you fir- you're first. You go first. Yes. Um, well, why don't I just start out with a Ouija board story that Ooh. happened on Halloween. Oh, my gosh. Okay. This is from Nicole. It's called An Unexpected Follower. Hey, Ghostesses, I discovered your podcast recently, and I'm already caught up on all the episodes. I love listening to all the stories and want to share some of my own. I'm not particularly sensitive to the paranormal myself. However, I do have an interest in it, and I am open-minded to the experiences of those who are sensitive. There may have been a few times in my life where I've witnessed people close to me in the midst of those experiences. One event in particular sticks out to me, and it happened a few years ago with an ex-boyfriend of mine. We'll call him Jay. Jay came from a very religious family, and he was one of those sensitive people. There were a few times throughout our relationship where he would share stories with me of how he and his family were tormented by what they believed was a demonic entity. Nope. This was years ago when he was just a child. Going off of memory, he'd tell me that they would see red-eyed shadow figures in their home on numerous occasions. He would hear malevolent voices talking to him, saying that they would torture and kill all of them. And he said that he remembered a general cold, dark atmosphere lingering around the home that would cause feelings of depression. Eventually, they got their home blessed by priest, and all of the demonic activity stopped. He had explained to me that this experience was the reason that he and his family were so religious. Here's where the real deal happens. Three years ago. It was Halloween night, and he and I were hanging out with a group of friends. Among them was a girl who was also religious and very in tune with the spiritual side of things. We'll call her Taylor. Another was a longtime childhood friend of his who was actually a medium. Her name's Brittany. The three of us were riding along Jay in the car with some of our other friends tagging alongside us. We were driving around the area bored and looking for something to pass the time. We ended up swinging by Toys R Us, and we purchased a Ouija board. Bad idea, yes, but at the time, we thought it was a better way to spend Halloween by trying to have fun with some spirits. We live in the Tidewater area of Virginia. We drove up the Crawford Road in Yorktown to try a shot at some amateur ghost hunting and break in the Ouija board. Mm -mm. For those who don't know, this is a narrow road with a history and supposedly haunted bridge that is covered by overhanging trees and doesn't have any streetlights, so it gets very dark and creepy at night. We attempted to make contact with anything that might have been lingering around, to which we had no luck. Brittany said she was getting some weird feelings, though, and there was something that she could see off in the distance behind the trees that the rest of the group could not. She couldn't quite make out what it was, and after giving up trying to get in touch with any spirits, she suddenly demanded for all of us to get back into our cars and to leave immediately. So we jumped in as fast as we could, and we drove off without further ado. When asked what she had seen, she said to us that she saw a Klansman spirit and that it was running, like actually running straight towards me. This figures, given the area's history and seeing that I was the only non-white person in the group, but I didn't think too much of this. We decided to drive a few miles over to the Yorktown Beach. 
This is a spot that is beautiful during the day, but it's also known to be active with various spirits and is very eerie at night. On one stretch is the waterfront with a walkway illuminated with streetlights. Going away from that is the Colonial National Historical Park. And going further away from that is a grassy incline with a path that goes directly into the wooded area. There are no streetlights or structures from this point. We parked our cars and thought it would be a good idea to head straight for the woods. It got darker and quieter as we walked Mm -hmm. further away from the waterfront and onto the path into the woods, going further along until it became pitch black all around us. We had to use the flashlights on our phone to see where we were going. We came across a bridge in the clearing, and it was one of those old swinging bridges where you couldn't really see what was below or how far anything was beneath it. So we sat on the bridge in a circle and took the board together, using our phones so that we could see what we were doing. We started off asking the same question everyone asks when they first use a Ouija board. Are there any spirits with us? For a few minutes, we didn't get a response. After taking turns trying to elicit one, Jay asked again, is there anyone here with us? And the planchette slowly moved to yes. We started to ask basic questions. How old are you? The planchette moved to zero. Brittany told us to say goodbye immediately, and so we did. She explained that when a spirit says that it is zero years old, that means that it's something that's never been alive. Yes. A demon. We waited a few minutes and tried again, hoping to get in touch with something different. Is there anyone here with us? Again, the planchette creeped over to yes. How old are you? The planchette moved to six. And this is where we started to get intrigued. What's your name? The planchette slowly glided over to the letters M-A-V. We assumed that it was probably a nickname, so we just started referring to it as Mav. We continued to ask whatever this thing was some general inquiries. At one point, Jay told it to spell out one thing that it knew that he was passionate about. And so it spelled out P-I-A-N-O, piano which was dead on, as Jay had been an avid piano player for much of his life. After a few minutes, it was mostly just Jay and Brittany asking the spirit questions. We were sitting around the board for a little while, and as time dragged on, the already chilly air started to feel a little bit more cold. We noticed that Taylor was shivering. We couldn't tell if she was scared or cold or both, and the planchette eventually began to move across the letters, spelling out Taylor as if it wasn't already creeping us out enough at this point. Mm. We asked, what did it want with Taylor? No response. We asked again. It looked as if Taylor was now trembling out of fear. And the planchette seemed to hesitate, but then it slowly started spelling out D-E-A-T. We said goodbye before it could finish spelling, and we hauled ass out of there. Oh my gosh, so scary. While this creeped the hell out of us it didn't nip our curiosity in the bud for wanting to find out more about this entity and whatever disdain it had towards taylor i'd be so mad right now be like leave it alone leave it alone yeah i would be like can we not figure out why this thing wants me to die (laughs) from a toys rs board we sat on the grassy incline outside of the woods and picked up from there jay asked if there was anything with us and after about a minute the planchette moved to yes He then asked, how old are you? In hopes that we had made contact with the same spirit. And sure enough, the planchette moved to the number six. We had been sitting there for only a few minutes before Taylor said that it was starting to feel negative around us. So we say goodbye and start walking towards the pavement alongside the water. 
When we made it onto the walkway, I noticed that Jay was looking behind us through the glass of the planchette towards the spot of the grass where we had been sitting. As we walked further away from there and towards the lighted area of the beach, I saw him glance behind us a couple more times. We continued walking for a bit and decided to sit along a band of rocks next to one of the piers that overlooked the water. And as if this whole ordeal wasn't enough to put us off from using the Ouija board, we decided to have another go at it. We were hoping to make contact with something else this time, maybe something that had better intentions. It was all hands on the planchette, and Jay asked once again, is there anyone here with us? Yes. Planchette immediately darted to six. (laughs) We all felt that it wasn't worth it to try and talk with this thing anymore, as it was making us feel uneasy. So we said goodbye immediately, called it a night, and headed back to our cars. Jay and I made it a few steps before he stopped and lifted the glass of the planchette to his eye. He looked behind us in the direction of the rocks where we were sitting. He stared through it for a good few seconds, and then he quickly and nervously ushered me to go and get into his car. He, Brittany, Taylor, and I all hurried into his car and scrambled to shut and lock the doors. He tried to start the car, but it sputtered and it hesitated. The whole car suddenly filled with a malodorous, sulfur-like smell. Oof, no. It dissipated after a few seconds and the car was able to start. We felt safe enough to sit there for a bit before Jay told us what he had seen. He said that as we were leaving, he felt a chill on his spine and the hairs on the back of his neck standing up. When he looked through the planchette, he saw a black shadow figure. He described it as relatively small, about the size and height of a child, leaning its arm, resting on one of the rocks directly behind me. He said that it had glowing white eyes, and whatever it was, he could feel it was angry. He said before we'd made it to the waterfront, he saw this same shadow figure standing not far behind us as we were walking away from the woods. We made the drive back to our homes. Thankfully, nothing happened to any of us for the rest of that night. But a couple of nights later... Jay and I were hanging out late at night with another one of our friends. We were just hanging out and talking, and somehow the conversation went to our crazy experience with the Ouija board on Halloween. For reasons I don't know, Jay had been keeping the board in the trunk of his car. This friend of ours was curious, and the three of us decided to have a go at the board together. I think that more than anything, he just wanted to see if it was legit. So we got into Jay's car and we drove off to a remote area outside of the nearby city park. We parked, got out, and brought out the board, setting it on top of the trunk. We put our fingers on the planchette, and we tried to initiate it. It took a good several minutes before we got a response. Eventually, we got a yes to something being with us, and when we asked, how old are you? Lo and behold, the planchette moved to six. We were almost scratching our heads at this point. Did this mysteriously named Mav really follow us all the way from Yorktown? We continued to press it for answers. Since Jay had previous firsthand experience with entities, he asked the spirit if it had been following him specifically, to which it replied, yes. He asked how long it had been following him. It answered, one. He asked if it had been following him for a year, and it answered, yes. What? We went ahead and said, goodbye. Hmm. And we sat for a few more minutes before Jay insisted we go over to Brittany's house, as she would probably be able to figure this whole ordeal out with us. So we drove over to her house and informed her that whatever this thing was had been following Jay around for a whole year. And we sat outside of her house, and Jay took the board once again. And to no surprise, the same spirit returned to talk. I sat back and just watched this time, because at this point, I was afraid of anything latching onto me as well. 
and it was just Jay speaking with it for a while, before the planchette moved and pointed itself directly to Brittany. He asked, do you want to talk to Brittany? It didn't even move to yes this time. It just remained pointed at her. He didn't think it was a good idea for Brittany to talk to it, but she insisted. She placed her fingers on the planchette and began to hold a conversation with it. It's almost too much information for me to remember since this did happen a few years ago and maybe because I had repressed some of it in an attempt to not get possessed or anything. (laughs) But we found out that the name Mav was short for Maverick. I've heard numerous names of spirits that people get in touch with through Ouija boards, but never this one. So it was odd to me. Long story short, this so-named Maverick was something that had actually been following Brittany around since she was a child. She recalled it pushing her down the stairs of her home and seeing its white-eyed, shadowy figure on a number of occasions. She asked numerous questions in an attempt to confirm its identity and to allow memory to serve her correctly. The planchette stayed on yes through all of these answers without budging. I learned through this that Brittany and Taylor had been friends for several years, and Jay and I found out that Maverick had a strong dislike towards Taylor due to a serious dispute that she and Brittany had with one another at some point. Whoa. How weird. It picks sides. Drama. Yeah. Stay out of this, Maverick. This doesn't involve you. Our friendship is private. Interesting. And then it was about a year ago, as we already learned, that Maverick noticed how close Jay and Brittany were as friends. And so it decided to attach itself to Jay. The conversation continued for a good long while, and it was getting late and colder as the night went on. I kept my distance and remained a spectator the whole time. I'm actually grateful to say that nothing happened to me from this point and that this spirit didn't seem to take any interest in me. Eventually, they wrapped up the conversation with it and said goodbye. I could tell how mind-blown Jay was the entire time. He took me home for the night, and for the life of me, I don't know why, but he put the board right back into his trunk and drove off with it sitting in there. The next day, he called up Taylor and told her everything from that night, and she insisted on taking the board herself and locking it up in her home for safekeeping, and to ensure that none of us would mess with it again, so he brought it over to her and she stashed it. A couple days later, I got word from Jay that Taylor had wrapped up the planchette with a cloth and put it in a room of her house separate from the board. She woke up the next morning to find the planchette unwrapped, resting on the board on the number six. Oh, no. (sighs) Chills. She ended up giving the board a proper disposal by breaking it into seven pieces, sprinkling it with holy water, and burying it in a spot away from her home. Jay and I stopped seeing each other not long after that for unrelated reasons, and to this day, I don't know what kind of entity that Maverick was, and I've wondered if it still follows him. Part of me is convinced that it was nothing really evil because I never felt any negative vibes while we were in touch with it, and nothing bad ever came of it, at least for me. But then again, I can never be sure. I thought this was interesting and worthwhile of sharing as it was my first real experience with a Ouija board, and I haven't used one since. Glad I made it out on the other side just fine, and I'm always looking forward to the next episode. Keep up the good work, Nicole. I have I have so many questions because the fact that it chose sides and was annoyed with Taylor and had this history with Brittany and then latched mm-hmm. on to Jay. It's one of these, like, does why, what's its connection to Brittany? It clearly is strong enough to pick sides and be mad at Taylor. And then does, does this entity kind of want to bring Jay and 
and Brittany together? Like, are they still friends? I don't really know. And also, I'm confused about the age because if it's this dark demonic entity, let's say that it's just sort of like a shadow figure, maybe, or like some sort of crossover of a demon and this type of demonic presence, a shadow figure mm-hmm. that's kind of just lurking on on the side, but is not really doing anything. It makes sense that it would be like shorter in stature and glowing white eyes. That's kind of the appearance that some of the shadow figures that I've seen have taken. But why the number six? Is it trying to pose as a child? Or is it kind of like, again, like the Bell Witch cave example where a piece of this woman supposedly broke off and kind of birthed this new entity? Do you think that something awful happened maybe to a child named Maverick who was six and just this dark presence took over this like broken off piece of the spirit and became this lurking presence. It's weird. I'm of two minds because some of the things are a little scary and it feels like it's a powerful spirit enough to follow them around and then in other haunted places or known to be creepy places, it pushes through and is the one that gets to talk to them. So it implies that it's a stronger entity, but then it's acting kind of so benign and almost protective and it feels like it has a connection to these people Mm -hmm. rather than it's a dark entity so i don't know and it's very interesting to me that jay grew up having a bunch of experiences with a demonic entity and his whole family did to the point where they became very religious and had the house blessed and yet he's still so willing to open up the door to communicate with spirits and almost risk that again with the ouija board yeah i don't know so spooky. This is but why we don't Halloween, play them. So maybe that's what contributed to it. This is why we don't do Ouija boards. No, we definitely don't. I don't trust myself with one. Okay, what do you have for us? Okay, I have a story from Rochelle. It's called Crawl Like a Demon to the tune of Walk Like an Egyptian. <laughs> Hi, ladies and Leia. I love the podcast and scaring the absolute shit out of myself listening. Anyway, I have a story for you because I know Corinne loves stories when ghosts slash people slash anything crawls. No. This didn't happen to me personally, but happened to my husband. My husband is an occupational therapist and at the time was working in a nursing facility. If you don't know, which many people don't, an occupational therapist helps individuals with their ADLs, activities of daily living, so grooming, dressing, eating, walking, toileting, bathing. He was working with a physical therapist, and they were both not having the best of days. The physical therapist was going through a divorce. She was depressed, afraid she was going to be alone for the rest of her life, and that no one would ever love her again. On the other hand, my husband just wasn't feeling it that day and didn't want to do any incontinent care, which is when someone messes their pants. There was a new admission to the facility that both my husband and the physical therapist, we'll call her Ginger for the story, needed to see that day. Ginger went to do an assessment on the new arrival first, and when she was done, my husband went to complete his assessment. Now remember, he didn't want to do any incontinent care, so he walks into this lady's room, and as soon as he walks in, she starts laughing maniacally, saying she went to the bathroom already. He goes over to start cleaning her, and she gives him an evil smile and just laughs. It turns out she didn't go at that time. He completes his treatment with her and heads back to the therapy gym. 
Ginger and my husband start discussing this old lady, and my husband said, you know, it's the weirdest thing. She must have known that I didn't want to do any care today, and he told Ginger the story about what happened. Ginger also had an experience with her, so she decided to tell my husband. Well, when Ginger did her treatment, when she walked in the room, the old lady looked at her and said, he will never love you. You'll always be alone. And she gave an evil laugh. Ginger told my husband about her divorce and her fears, and no one could have known. Ginger told no one, especially not that little old lady. It was like this little old lady knew all of their fears and used them against my husband and Ginger that day. It gets better. The next day, when my husband went back into work, he had been notified that the lady was sent out to the hospital. He was reading through the notes and discovered that this old lady had somehow gotten out of bed, demon crawled across the hallway into another (gasps) resident's room, and attacked them. What? A nursing assistant saw the lady demon crawl into the room and ran after her. Ew, ew, ew. The assistant got their mid-attack to break it up, and the lady was admitted to the hospital, and one of the diagnoses was possession. There's a code called F44.89, which is the code for possession, if you want to look it up. Thanks for reading. I have many, many more stories that I can share at a later date. Keep up the spooky work. See you on the other side, or in Indianapolis. Rochelle. First of all, if this woman was older and in need of care, just the act of crawling can kind of be hard for anyone. It's hard on your knees. And if you're trying to crawl like with your feet on the ground, that's even harder on your flexibility and your joints. So for an older woman who needs care to demon crawl out of her room and into another person's room and then get on top of them and attack them, mm, definitely not. Yeah. Her. And the fact that she was able to read their minds and their fears and know what was bothering them and then kind of poke at them and push it and taunt them. It's interesting how quick everything happened, too, because I feel like in so many demonic entity cases or or possession cases, it's kind of like a slow roll of of moving into the home and then kind of preying on one person and and gaining Mm -hmm. energy but this thing came in hot and was just like there yeah i wonder what medically they do because i looked up this code and i just wonder how they treat it yeah i don't know probably bring in a priest i mean hospitals and whatnot they have priests that will come in and do the last rites for religious right people it's a they have an on-duty uh, exorcism specialist. Do you think they have an on-call? On <laughs> I, d- I doubt it. <laughs> the priest has a little pager on the side of his hip. Oh my gosh. Yeah, this, this code is psychogenic confusion, trance and possession, conversion disorders. Alright, I need to look up every single one of those terms. Psychology is so fascinating. It really is. I hope she's okay. I hope yeah. everyone's okay. My gosh, and I hope that whatever that thing was didn't stay in the hospital either. Like once, once right. or or the treatment facility once that woman was taken out, and I right. really hope she was okay. Oh my gosh, what what a horrible thing to happen, especially mm-hmm. when you're already in this point of your life where you need some so, extra assistance. Yeah, it reminds me of the woman, the grandma lady in it too. There's like a whole sequence with this old woman in it too that's so unsettling. I saw it in the commercials, but I still haven't seen the movie, but... You have to see it. 
I know I will. I will. I will. All right. I have a listener story. This is from Hannah. It's called My Little Leprechaun Friends. Hello, ladies. I was just listening to your episode about pirates, and it made me think about another somewhat mythical experience I had as a child. I realized pirates are real, but I needed a smooth transition. LOL. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. So good. When I was about seven, I woke up one day with two new imaginary friends. Being a kid with an active imagination, when I told my mom about these two little men following me, she said, oh, sounds like you have some leprechauns following you. Having known leprechauns only from cartoons and from making, quote, leprechaun traps out of old shoeboxes in elementary school, I didn't think that it would be a problem. After all, it seemed like I actually caught a leprechaun and my shoebox trap worked. As we were driving in the car, I was talking to the two leprechauns. They told me their names, Chewy and Pants. No idea where these names came from because they're decidedly not Irish. They were laughing and doing somersaults and telling me how much fun I was to play with. But from there, it took a turn. I have two younger sisters, and when we were younger, we played constantly. Barbies, Lincoln Logs, you name it. But Chewy and Pants did not like me playing with my sisters. They wanted me all to themselves. That week, I began to spend more and more time in my room, and I felt sick every time I'd leave to play. They wanted me to play pranks on everyone and to be mischievous in general. Not being one to break the rules, I didn't oblige. Until one night. They were being particularly insistent that I listen in on my parents' phone calls. I had a toy phone in my room that happened to be connected to the home landline, so I actually could listen. With the leprechaun's insistence, I took the phone into my closet and I picked up the phone call my mom was on. Honestly, it was a completely innocuous conversation between her and a friend. It wasn't until I started to hear a weird giggling that I began to worry. No. It seemed far away, but it started to come closer. I wasn't even listening to my mom's conversation. I was just fixated on the giggling. It sounded kind of like... How Pennywise the Clown Giggles? No. Creepy, right? Not for Corinne. (laughs) As the giggling got closer, I began to feel something heavy, but I couldn't hang up the phone. Then the giggling stopped. The world went quiet. I couldn't even hear my mom talking. And a deep voice said out of the darkness, Do you like what you hear? (gasps) What? And then whispered, Listen. No. With a long, drawn-out S sound. I gasped so loudly that my mom heard me and came storming into my room to scold me for an invasion of privacy. Totally legit. Mm -hmm. But I was beside myself. I was in the closet sobbing, and she did her best to console me while also being annoyed. I didn't tell her what I heard because I was in trouble. I sobbed, I'm sorry, please leave me alone. Still not sure who I was talking to. That night, Chewy and Pants scolded me for messing up their plan. I told them to leave me the heck alone in my most stern seven-year-old voice and then said, and they said, we will for now, and then disappeared. I actually haven't seen them since, but once in a while, I will hear the weird giggling noise in the darkness. No. I still have no idea what the heck happened, and I know very little about actual leprechauns. So if you do have leprechaun in sight, let me know. Thanks for reading, and see you on the other side, Hannah. I don't have leprechaun in sight, so I don't want to speak out of term, but 
It definitely sounds like she trapped something. And I, what the heck was their plan? I don't know, but it actually reminds me a bit. I mean, I don't have enough knowledge about like leprechauns and gnomes and, and the legends of that, nor do I have enough knowledge right now on fairies. But it actually does remind me a bit of fairies as well and these creatures who can come in and are super mischievous and can target people and kind of be dark. Oftentimes, I think we think of fairies as like Tinkerbell and like the fun, the fun fairies, like bippity boppity boo. But right. um, yeah, no, oftentimes it can be much darker than that. Right. Yeah. I'm just curious. That creeps me. And what were they? I mean, okay. They wanted her to get on the phone and snoop. And then they were like, do you like what you hear? And then she kind of got caught. So that ruined their plan. So what was their plan? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe they thought they would just scare her enough to actually speak with maybe these little leprechaun creatures. Maybe whatever these entities were were kind of like the scouts for something much bigger and darker and their plan was to it's you know when you when police trace a phone call like there has to be a certain amount of time (laughs) are you saying they're tracing the phone call and maybe something like that like (laughs) they need a certain amount of time for their like mother or father entity to come in and like attach itself to the home or i don't know i'm speculating i don't know how magic works <laughs> i love the idea of little leprechauns being like we almost got it we almost got it oh <laughs> shit we missed it shoot missed it <laughs> yeah. all right oh creepy and then okay she's an adult now and she hears the giggling still sometimes yeah i hate that Ooh, i hope they they they'll move on Maybe, or maybe if she has children, her children will one day say, I'm going to go play with Chewy and Pants. (gasps) That's scary. So scary. Okay, speaking of kids, I have another story about giggling. There's so much giggling in this. You know what? Giggling is creepy. It is. Let's just PSA. Giggling is creepy. Everyone stop laughing. Okay. Have no fun. Please don't enjoy yourself. It's creepy. Or do, but do not express yourself through giggles. It's too creepy. Okay. So this is from Monica. It's called Evil in Dorchester and Giggling Kids. Hi, ladies. Yeah. Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Hello, ladies. Thank you for providing a safe place for people to share their stories and experiences. You gals have given so much to us and we could not say thank you enough. My husband and I both grew up in SoCal, and in June of 2010, we got married there. Later that same month, he got a new job that would take us from the warm year-round sunshine to Dorchester, Massachusetts, where both of us would experience actual seasons for the first time. I will start with the happy stories and end with the demon. Get ready. We moved into a three-duplex building that was built in 1910. I... Love, 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 love the paranormal and history, and so living in that home on the East Coast was a dream for me. My husband, on the other hand, hated it. He does not like the paranormal or history. Opposites attract, right? (laughs) When we moved in, almost right away, we could hear little kids running up and down the hall and giggling. The layout of our place was long, one bedroom at one end of a long, skinny hallway with a bathroom and kitchen in the middle, and then our bedroom. We would hear little feet on that hardwood floor all hours of the night, 
and it never bothered me. It made me feel safe and comfortable knowing that this home has held happy memories. I assumed the kiddos were a residual haunt. They just ran around and giggled. But one winter, my husband was in the kitchen making dinner for us and our friends when out of nowhere he yells, Real funny, guys, but who the F did this? My friends and I look at each other while we sat on the couch in the living room, not knowing what he was talking about. We head into the kitchen and see that he's pointing at the window. It was wintertime there, so there was steam and condensation on the windows and on the lower part, where a child could reach, was a tiny handprint. We all put our hand up next to it, and obviously our hands are way too big, so my poor husband is freaking out, and I try to go and rub it off the window. But from that time on, the little handprint just stayed there. It was faint, but no matter how much I cleaned it, or what I used, or how often I tried, it stayed. Now, for the evil that lived there. The only place that made me feel uneasy or scared was the bathroom. I would have to shower and use the throne with the door open. The feeling of being looked at and taunted was overwhelming. I think it lived in the shower in the top right corner. My mom came to visit, and she's always been able to feel things, which I have more stories about for another time, And she asked me if I have ever felt a presence in the shower, aside from the kids. I looked at her and I was like, what? I didn't even tell you about the kids. And I was like, yeah, I have. And she asked, in the shower? I said, yep. And she said, it watches you while you're in there, where you're at your most vulnerable. And it just smiles. Ew. Ew. No giggling, no smiling. Creepy. No yeah. She says, ew, creepy. That's a whole lot of nope.com. We have a kitty. Now we have three. But we had Audrey pants when we lived there. And she would always go in there and pee on the bath mat. She hated it in there. Hated it. So we started to close the door when we did not use it to keep her out. One day we came home from work and I opened the door to go to the bathroom. And I found our memory foam bath mat in the middle of the floor, folded over once and then again. If you've ever had contact with those mats, you know you cannot fold them. They just flip back open. I asked my husband if he did that, and he was like, no, why would I ever do that? I don't know, but I think whatever lived in that bathroom was letting us know that it's not leaving. We moved out and back to California three years later, and I often wonder if the stuff still goes on in there. Thanks for reading. Please feel free to share if you'd like. And I've shared photos of my kitties left to right. Audrey Pants, Ray, and Jasper. Love, Monica. Oh my gosh. Okay, well, let's take one moment to spend some time on her mother, who didn't even need to be told what was in the house. She knew that there was children, and then she also knew that there was a darker, sort of creepier a spirit or entity, a presence there, and where it was. That takes so much talent. I feel like her mother's so in tune with that world. Yeah. For all of that information, I wonder how she got that information. Did she feel it? Did she see it? Was it delivered to her when she walked into the bathroom? Yeah. Like, did she... Because I know, like, for my own personal experiences... I I feel like I've had all of the above. So yeah, you're right. Did she walk into the bathroom and actually see something with her eyes creepily smiling in the corner? Or was she just suddenly 
given a vision and could see her daughter showering and the creature doing that? Or was it just planted inside of her mind and suddenly she just had knowledge? I don't know. I don't know. Creepy, All creepy, of it's creepy. so spooky. It reminds me also of my childhood home, which my mom actually recently just sent me an email. It's back on the market. The one that my sister was possessed in and had all the ghosts in. Mm -hmm. And we had a very similar situation where we had a mom and a son ghost and it was, they're very positive. It was more of a active hunting than residual, but, but they were very positive and nice and like they made us feel safe and comfortable. But then there was this darkness. And after my sister's experience, my family got the house blessed and, it kind of got moved into the basement, into this one closet that we were all terrified to open. And it makes me wonder if Monica in the house that she lived in, if like something had happened to a previous tenant and they did something that then trapped this entity in the shower because that's a weird and oddly specific place to be stuck. Ooh, ooh, you're so right. Right, yeah. Because if it never shows itself anywhere else, yeah, you're right, maybe whoever was there before had done something and trapped it into the bathroom. But that also sucks. I'd rather have it trapped into a closet, something that's more easily avoidable. You can't avoid showering and like using the restroom and brushing your teeth. No, you need that. Oh my God, how awful. And okay, appreciate the kitty for trying to be like, leave my family alone. I'm going to pee in your area, demon. But it's creepy how the bath mat folded. It was like a message of, you may know I'm here and others do too, but it doesn't mean you can do anything to get rid of me. Like, I'm here and I'm watching. Honestly, I feel really sad for that cat because I don't think the cat was going in there to say F you. I think the cat went in there and got so terrified it peed on there. But to continue to go in time after time. But was something luring it in? Also, cats like water. And if they were trying, maybe it was trying to drink water cats from like the toilet. like water? Yeah, they wanted to drink water from the toilet. My oh. cats, all my cats did that. Oh, gosh, I don't know. Yikes. Scary. Oh, my gosh. Guys, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. If you have ghost stories, please don't do anything crazy or scary. But if you do or if you have, please send us your stories at and email them to us at twogirlsonegoespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we have a variety of ways to support us. You can donate on Patreon. You can rate and review on iTunes. You can tell people about us and you can rock our merch, which is perfect for, um, all season spookiness. We also have social media. So we have Instagram, we have Twitter, and we have a Facebook group run by an excellent group of moderators. If you'd like to, to join that community as well. Yeah. And as you all know, we've said it a few times, but starting this next week we're changing our format but we'll be reading more ghost stories more Mm -hmm. of your listener stories and we'll be coming out once a week on sundays and every other week will be an encounters long form episode similar to this but double the length and then the other two episodes of the month will be our regular normal episodes where we research and do a topic it's gonna be good It's going to be spooky. And we will see you on the other side.